following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. What's going on, everybody? It's good to be back with you. Mike Jones, your host as always. John Brown here with me. Yes, Hold sir. it down. John, football season. It is football season. Football season. Yes. Games are yes. starting. Yes. Are you excited? Come on, dude. What kind of question is that? Like, are you really excited? Like, 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 I'm excited for, yeah. about football season right Here's, now. I mean, now, now we're there. Now we're talking real football. We're past the initial excitement that comes with the start of training like, camp, training camp and, and preseason, preseason game. Like you're excited at that point. Just to know it, yeah. it's right around yeah. the it's corner. Like football is coming. You but see now, guys in uniforms yeah. again. Yeah. But, but now football right. is Games here. matter now. Yeah, football is here. But let, let me be honest. Last season, this time of year, uh-huh. I wasn't quite as excited. Why? Part of it was personal reasons. Okay. My fandom. Mm-hmm. I was not as high on my team as I as high last year as I am this year. Really? Really. Okay. Last year I saw a couple issues with the roster of my team. Specifically some questions about the run. Mm-hmm. Some questions about the quarterback's health. Okay. Some questions about the depth in the secondary, which only got worse as the season progressed. Yeah. I had questions. Okay. This year, this year's team mm-hmm. going into week one yes. is talented. Mm-hmm. They're deep and they're healthy. So, for me, from that standpoint, as a football fan, that excites you. That excites me. That is, I. It has been a very long time, and and let's 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 be honest. Let's be honest with the listener. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about the our team because oh, we yeah. have the same team. We're talking about the Philadelphia Eagles. There's been a very long time since there wasn't some level of excitement going into the season. That is not to say that every season has gone the way we want it to go. Mm-hmm. But we have gone into almost every season for a very long time with some sort of expectations. Yes, there have been teams that have faltered. But there hasn't been, you know, we like Philadelphia Eagles fans, we haven't been like Browns fans, you know, or people who've gone into the season where you're just like, you know what, this we're team, bad. Yeah, we're bad. We're gonna suck. Nothing's gonna, you know, nothing's gonna go our way. We, we haven't been Jets fans. Jets fans, we, Dolphins fans, yeah. you know, teams like that. So it's it's there's always some level of excitement. Now, granted, like you said, some some years are more exciting than others. Like I I feel like going into that year that ended with the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. I had expectations. Going into the Super Bowl year, yeah, going into the Super yeah, Bowl, I had expectations. I had expectations, that year. but those expectations were not the Super Bowl. No, they were they were playoffs, maybe yeah. a divisional title, yeah. win a playoff game. Yes. My expectations were well, not Super Bowl yeah. that year. Yeah, and 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 look, to be honest, I probably was not full 
hey man, we we could win it all. Probably until the final gun of the NFC Championship game. That's true. But since we're being honest with the listeners right mm-hmm. now, yeah. you were a Nick Foles doubter. Yes, yes. I, on the other hand, was, was a Nick it, Foles yeah. supporter. I was, and, and shout out to my man Javon Alford because he and I were hosting a show at that point, mm-hmm. and I pretty much I articulated my doubt of Nick Foles to him <laughs> week in and week out when Carson Wentz went down and. We were turning things over to Foles. I was part of the people like, oh, my God, it's over. And I I remember we did uh, the sports shop. Yeah, I was uh, just about to bring that up. And the first thing they said when they said, what do you think of this this playoff run? What do you think of the Eagles' Mm -hmm. chances? First thing I say, Nick Foles scares me. I was frightened. And I had the exact opposite Mm -hmm. feeling. That you did. Not because I thought Nick Foles was great. Not because mm-hmm. I thought Nick Foles was going to put up 40 points in the Super Bowl. I didn't expect mm-hmm. 41 points in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect to blow out the Vikings by 30 points. What was that, 38-7? Mm-hmm. to 7? Mm-hmm. Something like that? Yes. I wasn't expecting that. But based on what I've, what Nick Foles himself mm-hmm. has shown us mm-hmm. on the field, outside of his stretch with Jeff Fisher, who makes every quarterback look bad, Yeah. Nick Foles was a at slightly above average to, dare I say, good, good quarterback. quarterback. Okay, Not great, mm-hmm. not a superstar, but you could win with him. In, and in, that in, Eagles team that year, both lines, offense and defense, yep. the secondary playing better, especially once the Darby trade happened, the mm-hmm. secondary looked a lot deeper. Mm-hmm. The linebacking core held their own. And... The running backs, you bring in Ajayi, Clement stepped up. Yep. You lose Sproles that year, but the running back group was able to get it done. You, you had LeGarrette Blunt. Yeah, yeah. And also, and also uh, J- you lost Jason Peters for the year, and Big V, v stepped, stepped up. up. Yep. But the one thing I think made the biggest difference to me was the combination of Ajayi and Blunt. Yeah. Because as much as we loved Andy Reid, Mm-hmm. As much as we've loved Andy Reid teams throughout the years in Philly or mm-hmm. and now in Kansas City, mm-hmm. the one thing those teams have always lacked is that a power pound. run, yep. a, a, a real pound, hammer yeah. back. That, pow- that pound the ball type of guy. Yep. That third and one, fourth and inches type of situation. Mm-hmm. I can give him the ball and know he's going to move the pile. Yep. Andy Reid teams never had that. Mm-hmm. If you think, think about that. Super Bowl against the Patriots the Eagles had years ago, okay. the first one. The first one. If you watched it, Brian Westbrook did good that game. Mm-hmm. But when you got in short yardages, you're trying to throw the you're ball. You're trying to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. Third and three, third and two, third, you're looking for that bubble screen to the receiver mm-hmm. or a running back screen to Westbrook mm-hmm. because you weren't looking to run between the tackles. Yeah. And let me say this now. This is not just in regards to the Eagles. This is my – my personal philosophy on all football teams. Okay. They should be built from the inside out. And I, mm-hmm. when I say per, I'm not the only person who believes that, mm-hmm. but I do believe that a football team should be built from the inside out. Meaning? The Skill th- positions are nice to have. Your wide receivers, you, mm-hmm. your shifty, fast running backs, mm-hmm. all that. 
But if you can't control the lines, right. yeah. you will lose. Okay. That is the biggest reason I always call the Falcons frauds. Mm. They don't control the lines. You put them in a slowdown physical game, like Philly always likes to do them. Watch the scores when Philly and Atlanta play. They're always somewhere in the teams, yeah. low scoring low games. Scoring game, so. And Philly wins them. Atlanta's not built to play that style of football. That's mm. why they don't they tend to disappoint in December and January. See, here's the here's the problem. I don't know who it was who tweeted something about Atlanta. And the first thing and, and I sat here and I thought I about stayed it. out of that. You, you dipped your toe in. Now we talked last <laughs> week about when is the right time to give the smoke. And you, you dipped your toe in. You just, you know, just twirled it around. You tested the water a little bit, you know, created a couple of ripples. Then you pulled your toe out and then you kept on walking. <laughs> That's what you did. And I sat there and I was trying to think of an analogy of what, you know, what do you want to do worse? You know, what do you want to do least? Would you rather talk to Mike Jones about the Atlanta Falcons or get Eddie from Barbershop started on Martin Luther the King. Because <laughs> when I hear somebody talk about the Atlanta Falcons, and I see you jump in that conversation, I feel like Ice Cube in, 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 in Barbershop. <laughs> He's like, do not get this fool started on Martin Luther the King. That's what I feel about, about the Atlanta Falcons. When somebody talks about the Atlanta Falcons, I'm like, do not get Mike Jones started or the Atlanta Falcons. Because I feel like all you're going to do, whatever anyone tries to talk to you about the Atlanta They're Falcons. They're frauds. Yeah, that's what you're going to do. You're just going to yell frauds at them. Mm -hmm. Atlanta Falcons. They're frauds. Atlanta. Frauds. Criss Cross. From Atlanta. They're not Home the Falcons. Of the Home of the Falcons. Uh, Atlanta's a nice city. I like Atlanta it. is a nice city. I like Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to, like, I don't Their want teams just, you know, all right. This is really what the Atlanta Falcons remind me of. Okay. You remember the Peyton Manning Colts? Oh, wow. Okay. They were built to throw the ball around, and mm -hmm. the defense had good edge rushers that were built to play with the lead. Yeah. But if they didn't have a lead, they're in trouble. Yeah. They're built like that. Mm hmm But Matt Ryan is not Peyton Manning. Mm. Matt, okay. Ryan, Matt Ryan is solid. He's good. Mm -hmm. But he's not Peyton Manning. And Peyton Manning in that system – Won one Super Bowl. Mm. One. And that was when he got was fortunate enough to go up against Rex Grossman in the Super Bowl. So, for me, if you put your money on the Falcons, you might as well just go get it, give it to charity and get a mm -hmm. tax deduction instead. Yeah, go find out whoever, you know, go find a person you're betting with and just give them your money. Just say, hey, hey, you can have this. No, just, just go give it to, like, Goodwill or some mm -hmm. charity – Get a tax deduction. I hear you, man. Charity starts at home. So if you want to bet on the Falcons, <laughs> you can just give your money to me. You're not giving me a tax write-off. No, <laughs> no, that I understand. That I understand. But you also, but you're giving me and my kids probably like some some McDonald's or something. You know, maybe a, go to Chick-fil-A, get a chicken sandwich. We're not starting any chicken talk today. Not today? It's gone too far. All right. We got riots and Popeyes and... Look, man. This is uh, well. Look, we record this show in the suburbs. Ain't no, ain't no riots up there. We go probably not even a line. Not you know, just go there, get our chicken, keep it moving. Now, if we had to go in the before they built that Popeyes, and we had to go into Germantown to get a uh, uh, Popeyes chicken sandwich, yeah, the results might not be. It the might same. have been a little might different. Have been, might have been, you know, some shenanigans. Yeah, 
But up here, suburban Popeyes, all good. <laughs> Get whatever you want, bro. You know, it's all good. Hey, look, there's there is so there's a lot more NFL news. Oh, there's a lot a going lot. on in the NFL. Right Last now. week we talked a lot about disgruntled players, angry players, people angry with their team, angry with their situation. You know what? I know. See, you said this. Okay. You talk about disgruntled players. Yes. I want to get something off my chest right now. Go ahead. And this is not something that we had planned to talk about. Okay. But I think I know where you're going with this, but, but go I, ahead. But I, I want to get this off my chest. Mm-hmm. What the heck is wrong with Antonio Bryant? <laughs> like, why, and why would anyone want to deal with it? I, I don't know. I don't know. If you're Mike Mayock right now, what are you thinking? You're Mike Mayock. If I'm Mike Mayock right now, mm-hmm. I'm in Oakland. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you know what? I can go right down the block and legally buy some weed and forget about this for a couple hours because I don't know what else to do about this headache. Like, seriously. Mm-hmm. First, he, first he makes the whole big stick about the helmet thing. Yeah. And now he's talking about he found a helmet he likes that gives him good visibility and comfort. I'm like, so if there's a helmet that does all that for you, what was the what was the What's issue the in the first place? Yeah. You're skipping practices, is it not showing up and all that? Yeah. And then now you're talking about you skip practice, you skip mandatory team activities, and the team is hated because you got fined. And you posted this online for for the world to see. Yeah. That you're calling your team that traded for you, gave you the money you wanted, and stood with you do, through the helmet fiasco. Now you're calling them haters. Mm-hmm. Like, at what point do we just say we're through with this dude? Like, I, and I know he's talented, mm-hmm. and the more talented you are, the more willing teams will be, be willing to put up with. Mm-hmm. But there has to be a limit. Hey, I, once again, if I'm if I may draw another analogy. I like to quote Chris Rock. I like I, I like Antonio Brown. I'm getting too old to defend him. I I hear I hear this, and I've I, I I've talked in support of Antonio Brown. I'm not quite sure if you can put everything in the breakup with the Steelers on him. There might be blame to go both oh, ways. Probably, I don't it, doubt that there is blame to go around. You know, I, 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 I do not believe that was all on AB. Not at all. This makes no sense to me, dude. I, I don't know what to make of this. I have no clue what to make of this. I, and, and I'm with you. Going back to the Steelers, mm-hmm. the issue was never that we thought. A B was the entire pro the pro, entire problem. Mm-hmm. I don't know that anyone has ever, in the last seven, eight, ten years, looked at Ben Roethlisberger and thought he was a saint who could be held blameless. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have that reputation. No, either. not at all. It's known that he's been in, very entitled in and empowered in that organization, where yeah. it's basically Ben Roethlisberger and fifty-two of his kids. Yeah. I believe that was. The GM that said that mm-hmm. he's been given too much, yeah. too much of a leash in the organization. So I'm sure there's blame to go around. Mm-hmm. My issue with with AB was 
never that he was unhappy. It was with how A.B. went about handling his business. I feel his his agent is Drew Rosenhaus. Drew Rosenhaus, as an agent, has had his name attached to many of player gri- you know griping players, disgruntled players in the past. Mm-hmm. That was who. That was who. Uh, that was who T.O. ended up hiring. Mm-hmm. Now oh, T.O. Was, had a different. Uh, that was T.O.'s agent during the sit-ups in the driveway. Yep. Dr- the whole that, thing. The whole thing. I find it. I find it hard to believe. I, very hard to believe that this is the advice that Rosenhaus is giving A.B. on how to handle this. If A.B. has a gripe mm-hmm. with the Oakland Raiders, I, and I say this. Understanding, especially uh, this type of gripe. Yeah, that's a result of something you did, and you want them to try to work with you, alleviate you, mm-hmm. s- maybe waive the fines compl- mm-hmm. entirely. Like, that seems mm-hmm. like it'd be the the easiest way to facilitate that process would be a, a nice cordial meeting behind closed doors. Let's sit down. Let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. Let you know. I find it hard to believe, and maybe this is being naive on my part. Where it's like, this can't be what the advice you're giving him. This can't be what you're telling him how to handle your situation. And that's the thing. With a guy like A.B., and, and of course this is all speculation. I don't know the guy. Yeah. Let me be clear. Mm-hmm. I don't know him, never met him, never had a conversation with him. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you what kind of man he is. But I get the impression that he's not taking the time to get his agent's input on these actions. Mm-hmm. He's a guy, he gets... And I think he gets that letter in the mail, opens it, and says, what the? Mm-hmm. And vents online. Mm-hmm. Impulsive. He's an yeah. impulsive dude. Okay. No, I mean, that could very well be true. But it's like, at what do you? At what point do you take the help of the person who you've entrusted to get you your money? That should happen mm-hmm. immediately. Mm-hmm. That should be your first response. It's like let me call my agent. Mm-hmm. Let me call the guy who's trained in negotiations to see how we should respond in a negotiation. Let me give the guy. Let me get let me give a call to the guy who I pay to get me my money. Mm-hmm. So if somebody is taking money from me, which is what the team has said, hey, we are fining you because you missed these you know, these activities, these practices, these things that were mandatory, that were in your contract that you have to show up for. Mm-hmm. We're fining you. So let me give a call to the guy who I hired to handle my money, my football money. I, I don't understand. And, and see, now this is the point where you actually sound like you're being rational mm-hmm. and objective. Yeah. And he's not. He's not taking the time to think. Yeah. That simple. When I when you get this letter in the mail from the team, you read the letter. If you don't like it, we of course both agree your first call should to be, be to, to your agent. agent. Yeah. But even if it's not to the agent, you decide you want to handle it personally. You go down to the facility. Tell the GM you want to have a conversation. Can we work something out? 
I do not see how taking the letter, photographing it, and putting the photograph online for the world to see and calling your team haters does anything but make you seem like more of a headache than they want to deal with. And I guarantee you, the second AB's production dips below his contract, he's gone. Oh, yeah. He's putting himself in a position where he has to shine mm-hmm. this season. Like, look at a guy who's the opposite. Great receiver, but the anti-diva, Larry Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. His production, let's be honest, his, he's not the same guy he was 10 years ago. No, no but, it's ten, it, but no, it's, it's 10 years. It's never been a question about whether or not the Cardinals were looking to trade him or going to cut him, wave him. Because his impact on the overall team, not just on the field, production, catches, and yards, but his overall impact on the team is worth having him around. Heinz Ward at the end of his career, he was worth having around. T.O., Cincinnati, his last season there, he actually had good numbers. Mm -hmm. And they wanted no part of him the next year. I don't think he's had a job since. Was that the end? Was Cincinnati the end, or was Buffalo the end? Remember? He, oh yeah, he, Buffalo. But yeah, yeah. but but yeah, but e- either either way, it wasn't it, much left after. There that. wasn't much. There wasn't much left, and nobody was nobody was rushing to bring him in. Yeah, no no contender was rushing no, to bring him in at no, all. Not at all. Not at all. Exactly. And Odell Beckham, talented as he is. Mm-hmm. A year after the Giants paid him, meaning they have to eat what close to thirty million in dead money to to trade him, they were still willing to trade him to get mm-hmm. that personality off their roster. Yeah. There is something to the fact that personality culture matters. Mm-hmm. Agree. And for some reason, the wide receiver position seems to be a common culprit. You know, mm-hmm. I I can't put my finger exactly on what it is about that position yeah. that attracts that personality type, but it's it's not good. Yeah, it's it's always it's always a soap opera with those uh with wide receivers, and I kind of and that kind of will probably give me a good point to pivot. So how about this? Let's take a quick break. And when we, when we come back, I got a question for you. All right, let's do it. All right, we'll take a real quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more. Part two of uh, disgruntled football. We got we to figure out a good name for this. This needs a title. That's, that's what we do <laughs> in sports now. We give things titles. But anyway. We'll, we'll work on it. We'll work on it. We'll be right back on offense, defense, and discourse. You feel this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. The construction Tims are classic in Philly they and are. New York. They are. Connecticut. James Lewis. I've never been to Connecticut, man. Connecticut, Jersey, you definitely from uptown. New York. You're definitely Manhattan, from New York if you Harlem. shouted out Connecticut. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. 
When you need to be caught up on all that's going on in the sports world, tune into the Best in the World Sports Report with all-knowing John Brown each and every Saturday morning starting at 8 a.m. here on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. Man, do I love card night. You ready, boys? You got a king? Go fish that! Oh, come on! <laughs> this is WWE superstar Titus O'Neil. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, everybody, we are back. We were talking football. We were talking disgruntled players. We're a talking. Lot of them. Antonio Brown. We got. To, we only got through one in the first segment. Antonio yeah. Brown. There's always a lot to talk about with him. He, he seems to like the attention. He, he he does seem to like the attention, and he just he has this aura about him that's very diva like. Would you? Would you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely a diva. Absolutely. And we were diva. talking about why there seems to be so many divas as wide receiver like. It seems like that position that attracts position, the diva personality exactly. more than any other per- position in football. Now, well, I guess wide receivers aren't the only pe- aren't the only players aren't the only position players who have issues with their teams. Been a couple of running backs. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's who, who a couple had, of them going on right now. But would you consider? Would you consider them divas? Would you consider like why? It, it doesn't seem to be the same conversation when we're talking about a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. and Antonio Brown as opposed to uh, Zeke Elliott or a Melvin Gordon. Like, I, ha- well, I don't see that well, stigma attached well, to them. There's a huge difference there. Yeah. What is that difference? That's the question well, I would like to ask the you. Huge difference there with as far as the diva stigma mm-hmm. is if you see a running back holding out, it's usually because it's – to see, well, one, to see a first-round running back drafted is rare. Zeke Elliott, Melvin Gordon, they're the ex- Todd Gurley, they're the exception being yeah. a first-round draft running yeah. back, draft pick as a running back. And first-round running backs who have actually come into the league and produced because you see a lot but, more first-round running backs who but, end up busts. But beyond production, mm-hmm. production or not, just the fact that they got drafted in the first round makes them the exception to the rule at the running back position. Agreed. The reason I bring that up is because first-round picks get more money than everyone else. Mm-hmm. Most running backs, second, third, fourth, fifth-round picks. So the first four years of your career, you're making four, five, maybe seven, eight hundred thousand a year if you're lucky, mm-hmm. and you're taking a beating very few people on the team take. Oh, like oh, offensive linemen, defensive linemen that get hit every play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could say something. Other than that, nobody takes a beating like the running back. Okay. Wide receivers are one of the highest paid positions in football after quarterback. You know, your edge rushers, your cornerbacks, your wide receivers, they're next in line. Mm-hmm. Running backs are pretty much at the bottom of that list. So when you see a running back get drafted late, so he's already making a lower end salary, and then 
he's taking the beating, and then they still don't want to pay him like a receiver or even a top flight O lineman or D lineman. Mm-hmm. He's gonna, he's likely to want to hold out and get his worth, or at least what he feels his worth is. Mm-hmm. So from that perspective, a running back's not going to get considered a diva because they're traditionally an undervalued position. They're just trying to get. Well, the perspective is, right. the perception is that they're just trying to get Good what turn. they're to get their due, mm-hmm. what's fair to them. Mm-hmm. But when you see a receiver making fifteen plus million a year, and then acting like me, 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 me all the time, mm-hmm. that's going to come across very differently. You know, so yeah, from one of the lower paid positions compared to one of the higher paid positions, that has a huge effect on the perception. Mm-hmm. So that being said, last week we talked about two running backs who were holding out at the time. We talked about Melvin Gordon in Los Angeles. We talked about Zeke Gordon down in Dallas. Mm -hmm. Zeke got his bag. Zeke got his money. He got his money. Zeke got paid this week. Now, it's funny because a good friend of mine, Rob Ellis. Mm -hmm. Rob Ellis, and I I heard him say this, and it was echoed once by, uh, by Ike Reese. They told they they said the thing about radio, the thing about uh, sports talk radio, is when you have a take, you stick to that take. I had a take a couple of weeks ago. We talked about Zeke Elliott and his holdout, and I said on this show, said to you, said a couple of times, Zeke is going to be there week one. Mm-hmm. I said it all. I said Zeke is going to be there. There'll be some jostling. You know, uh, Jerry Jones might thump his chest a little bit, but in the end, what's yeah, going? To, Zeke was going to get his Zeke is going to get his money, and I didn't. I did not believe that Ezekiel Elliott would miss time. They were talking about this going into the season, no. but I like no. This this is not going to happen. The, He's going to get his money. The and other guy, figure it out. the other was, running back, yeah. we expected to miss yeah. time, but. I will, I will say this. I said this, and, and what, what, the first time I said it on this show, I was absolutely, positively, 150% sure. As time went on, I kind of backed off on it. I'm like, I don't know. Like, when I first said it, I'm like, you know mm-hmm. what? Zeke's going to be there. Week one, I have no, you know, I have no doubt. And then as time went on, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know, but now here we are, a couple of days before uh, week one, mm-hmm. Zeke's in camp. Zeke got his money, and I'm sitting there like, you know what? I said it. I should have just stuck with it and just wrote it out, because I, you know, as we talk about this, you know, oh, we've yeah. always been honest. It's like I have no problem being wrong. So had week one come around and Zeke wasn't. On the Cowboys, I just play, man. I said I it and I was wrong. No, so what? You know, but and, and, and yeah, I guess that that that's where we're a little different mm-hmm. on, on stuff like that. I take if I take a position, I'm just going to generally dig in. Yeah, the I only thing that's going to get me to change a take is an injury to a team. Yeah, and that's I think in my mm-hmm. mind fair. That, you know, yeah. the status quo has changed. If mm-hmm. someone, a major player, a major factor gets injured, is no longer out there. Yeah. I think well. Whether whether or not you believe in the Dallas Cowboys as an organization, as a team, as as this team is built, is is beside the point. But I feel like as a whole, the Cowboys in 
and the Cowboys team, the Cowboys fan base has a reason to legitimately believe in this team. They are actually I mean a, they're, they're they're actually a very balanced team. Yeah, a balanced their, team. Their defense last year was good with the with the young talent that should be improving going mm-hmm. forward. You have a good offensive line. Mm-hmm. You have weapons on the outside. The um, young tight end Jarwin was improving as the year went. You bring back Witten. You have Zeke Elliott back in the fold. Alfred Morris, who's a former rushing light leader in the league, backing up. As a, in a backup role, I think mm-hmm. he can still be productive. Yeah. If you'd have asked him to be the number one without Zeke, that is a different story. Yeah. Yeah. But in limited stretches, I think he can mm-hmm. still be productive. And a quarterback who, for all we say about him, I believe is very smart and a very good decision maker. Yeah, he's a, I mean, he's a talent. Now, player. if we're going to talk about, he's a talented dude. Yeah. Now, if we're going to talk about his accuracy downfield, that's mm-hmm. that's a different story. You know, as when we're speaking as fans, you know, of course I'm like, oh man, Dak Prescott sucks. Dak sucks. Dak sucks. But when you're being objective, mm-hmm. when you're trying to be objective, when you're having an actual legitimate football conversation, Dak Prescott has talent. He, he does. You know, he's not awful. He, you know, he's he's, look, a, he's a good quarterback. There's really only one knock I could I could make on and him is his accuracy downfield. Yeah, intermediate range, short range, mm-hmm. no problem. He can make plays. He makes good decisions. And even and and even in his accuracy, it's like he you made a you made he's a not, comparison he's, last week. He's not inaccurate. He just doesn't throw guys open. Mm-hmm. If if you know, if, yeah, if nobody's people know the difference. It. Yeah, nobody's. Yeah. yeah, he's gonna throw balls. Nobody's gonna catch it. You know, but what I guess what I'm saying is if you're Zeke Elliott and he is a competitor and maybe that's the difference in what makes him makes him and running backs, not diva, not the divas that we say that wide receivers are. And it's like, I think it would be who it behoove Zeke Elliott to get in camp to be there. I think he wants to be there. So if Dallas is going to give him his money. He's going to be there because they have a chance to do something special. This is a team that there are a lot of people who expect them to at least win the division, to win a playoff game, maybe win two playoff games. You win your, you know, win your division in a sense that you got that first week in the playoffs off. So when I'm saying you win two playoff games, this is the Dallas Cowboys in the Super Bowl. Yet as a fan, I don't want to see, you know, I don't want to see that. But there are people who will have that conversation with you. Oh, absolutely. There are people who will say that. And it's not just the delusional Cowboys fans who say their team's going to be in the Super Bowl every year. They're a legitimate part of the Super Bowl conversation at this point in the season. On paper, they are one of the most balanced teams in the league. Mm -hmm. So on that alone, you have to at least call them a contender. They needed Zeke in-house. He's the engine that makes that that offense go. You take Zeke out the equation. That there, there's no that that kind. Of, you don't you, see eight eight man boxes mm-hmm. anymore. You with one safety, deep, one deep safety. Mm-hmm. You'll see start seeing two deep. You take Zeke out the you take Zeke out the picture. You're going right back to now. Who's believing in the Dallas Cowboys? Delusional Dallas Cowboys fans who believe the Cowboys are going to be in the Super Bowl every year, no matter who they got on the team. Right now, with Zeke in, in with Zeke in the fold. You talk Dallas, a Dallas Cowboys Super Bowl. I don't, you know, whether it's the reality or not, whether they have a chance or not, is another conversation. But the fact of the matter is, you still have to have that conversation. That's still a legitimate conversation. 
I don't as a fan, I don't want to have it. I want no part of it. But it's still it's still a real conversation. Oh, absolutely. Now, look at the money that he got. <laughs> Let's look at the money now, that he got. Now, if we're talking about the money, they just paid Lael Collins, the offensive guard, I believe he plays. They paid Jalen Smith earlier in the summer. They paid Demarcus Lawrence last year. And then you still have the two big names in Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott to deal with. If I'm being completely honest and objective, I think the Cowboys have this season and possibly next season to compete. After that, those extensions kick in and those cap numbers spike, and the depth that you see on that roster isn't going to be the same unless they draft extremely well which is hard for any organization to do. Especially if you're an organization that's in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. When you're uh, an organization that's getting deep playoff runs. Dallas Cowboys go to the playoffs, won a playoff game. Say, or say hypothetically. You're picking somewhere 24 20, or yeah, later. Exactly. You got you, you to gotta hit those. Mm -hmm. And you know for me, I've always said, no matter where you're picking, I, I always feel like when you draft in the first round, your first two rounds, you need to draft guys who are ready to play day one. Whether they play or not. In most know, cases. In most cases. Dep there know, are a couple positions I'll make exceptions. But no, but nonetheless, I mean, sometimes, sometimes you're, if you're an organization with some depth, mm -hmm. you can afford to draft a guy and not play them day one. But none, I think there's there's a reasonable expectation if you are a first round and even a second round draft pick that you should be ready to play, you know, to play week one. But nonetheless, if you're picking, if you're the Dallas Cowboys and you ha you know what your future is, mm -hmm. where you got these extensions kicking in and you're going to have to make some tough choices down the line, those are the type of players that you need to be bringing in. Guys that when you... When you step away, when you have to make some cuts, when you have to make those, you know, the, the, those painstaking cuts, mm -hmm. you need to know that the guy that you drafted, your first round pick, do they even have a first round pick? Because then they give up some for uh, Amari for Cooper. Cooper yeah. So they don't even have a first round pick this year, do they? I. Now they gave up. Did they give up one or two for Amari? I can't see. Because if it was one, that was the one this past year. But for some reason, I have this feeling it may have been two. I have a feeling it may have been two picks that they gave up for Amari. Because Oakland was loading up on picks last year, giving away Khalil Mack and then Amari Cooper. Mm -hmm. They really loaded the cupboards, stocked the coffers to prepare for the next 10 years under John Gruden. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, the, the Cowboys, like, I I see it as a year, maybe two-year window. Especially, we were already looking at Carson Wentz's contract as a baseline, $100 million guaranteed. 
And then now over the past week, you see Jared Goff gets this extension, $110 million guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Goff has been to one Super Bowl and lost. Wentz has led his team to a division title in a year where they went to a Super Bowl mm-hmm. and won. Dak's been to the playoffs twice, won his division twice, won a playoff game. Mm-hmm. He's got just as good an argument on paper for his big money as any of them. And those two went first, and we know how the NFL works. Next mm-hmm. guy up gets the biggest money. Yep. So from that standpoint, Dak Prescott has done himself a favor in, in waiting to do the deal. But the Cowboys, have, as an organization, have definitely done themselves a disservice by, by not getting it done not only before Wentz, but now not before Goff as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I see it being difficult two years from now for the Cowboys to be in this same discussion as one of the most balanced de- teams mm-hmm. in the league as they are right now. That's my opinion. I may be wrong two years from now. I doubt anyone will remember this conversation to call me on it except you. Yes, <laughs> and and if you're wrong, I will definitely call you out on it. And pro- I'll probably play the audio from this show <laughs> on a loop a couple of times. We'll start and end segments with it. Even if we're not talking football that show, we're – you know, I, baseball I, conversation. Hey, I you remember what you said about the Cowboys? Mm-hmm. I, and I understand. Talking about Olympic basketball. Hey, man, that's great. Yeah, you remember what you said about the Cowboys? <laughs> you know, talking about. And I do want to talk some Olympic, well, Team USA basketball today. It's okay, not the Olympics yet, but I do want to talk about this. All right, don't. We, we can do that. That can happen. That can happen. But in the end, I guess, I think. Zeke being in Dallas, Zeke being in tow, he's got his money, you got the team, you got a balanced team this year. You know, I'm not going to say it's, come on, man, it, you know, it's, it's September, so I'm, you know, it's not now or never or whatever, you know, anything like that. But I think there is there is some high expectations. I think Dallas is a good team. Philly is a good team. You know, we've talked about the NFC, you know, the NFC in general. You know, maybe uh, Atlanta's going to be Atlanta. Mm-hmm. The Minnesota's Saints be, going, should yeah. be a good team. Saints Minnesota, good team. Yeah. who knows what their quarterback will do, but the mm-hmm. rest of the team is pretty good. Seahawks might be, you know. Seahawks are always dangerous. Russell Wilson seems to find a way to keep them competitive every year. Aaron Rodgers stays healthy. There's reasonable expectation. They're always a threat when you mm-hmm. have a guy like Aaron Rodgers. Yep. I don't know that I expect them to make a deep playoff run, but they're a threat to make it to the playoffs. Yep. The 49ers should be competitive this year. Mm-hmm. The NFC is going Do you be believe home. in Jimmy Garoppolo? His talent, yes. Mm. His ability to stay healthy, we'll see. Okay. But I do believe he, he on if on the field, if he's out there, he's the real deal. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, look, we still got more. Uh, well, we got more disgruntled players. We're talking about disgruntled players turning a corner. Mm-hmm. Zeke got his money. He's no Zeke longer, got the bag. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got what he's got. He got his dough. He's got his bag. He's got his money. Zeke ain't disgruntled no more. Mm-hmm. Had a player demanding a trade last week. He got his trade. We will talk about that when we come back. All right? Let's do it. 
We are take, we're going to take a real quick break, and then we will be right back right here on Offense, Defense, and Discord. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to SoundCloud.com slash B-I-T-W Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. When you went car shopping, you meant business. You ace vehicle history searches and test drives. Now you've got your wheels. If you manage that, you can get your retirement plan on track. Visiting aceyourretirement.org can help. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. James Lewis. There's so many people walking around with the Best Buy Polo. Then you have the Sprint people. Then you have the Geek Squad people. Then you have like Geek Squad. the, co- like the, Geek the Squad. Cox they Cable people. Right. So there are 38 people walking around at Best Buy doing absolutely nothing. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmode Squad. Can we say No, we can't. Buy? We can't say that. We, okay. we, we cannot say that. Okay. Uh, we shouldn't say that. Okay. I'm, I'm not saying that. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. When you need to be caught up on all that's going on in the sports world, tune into the Best in the World Sports Report with all-knowing John Brown each and every Saturday morning, starting at 8 a.m. here on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. People are always looking to invest in a good opportunity. So what if you could invest in the future of kids, like a stock? Not the kind of stock that's about making money, but a stock for social change, called Better Futures. With your investment, it helps students like me go to college. My name is Charles, and I'm your dividend. Invest in Better Futures with UNCF. Visit uncf.org slash invest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. Brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are strictly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, y'all, we are back from break. Man, having fun today. So much going on. Yeah, that's because it's football season. Football. Look, radio gets easy in football season. Oh, yeah. Trying to jump back in front of the television, man. I haven't had both my TVs down here blasting. I got the two TVs in the mm. man cave. I need. I still need to make that beer run. I haven't made that beer run. To get restock, the, you know, restock, restock the, things. The football fridge. Yeah. Get things restocked. Get the microwave. Get the popcorn going. You know mm. what I mean? You got to actually just, go to the wholesaler for that. Oh, one. Get, yeah. Oh, get, yeah. You yeah. can't just, you oh, know, yeah. that's just not a run to the store, get a six-pack. No, 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 no. We got to go to the wholesalers. Then got to make a BJ's run. Mm-hmm. BJ's a Sam's Club. Get them chips. Get them nachos. Get everything going. Exactly. It's like, like real TV watch. Like, when people... Talk to me about what you're watching on TV. Like, number one is football. Hey, do you watch this show? No, no, no. What do you watch? I watch football. I watch basketball. I watch sports. I watch sports and snowfall. Sports and snowfall? And snow, I got to watch snowfall. Okay. Best so show on TV. Okay. Better than Power. Yes. Okay. Power well, Power's good. Snowfall's good. better. Are you, have you jumped into that conversation about the theme song to Power? Everyone complaining about because Trey Songs is singing the lead on it now instead of Joe. I don't dislike the song. Yeah. I do think it was a bad move to change it in the final season. Mm-hmm. Now, you remember The Wire? 
Yeah. They would they make, change it every they year. They changed it every year. Mm-hmm. Di- like different mix. It was still the same song, but it was a different mix, mix a yeah. slightly different feel. Mm-hmm. So you expected it. Yeah, you didn't expect this at all. Coming into power in the final season after having the same song, the yeah. what was the Joe version mm-hmm. for years. Yeah. It's it's kind of shocking, almost unsettling to fans mm-hmm. that going into the final year you would make a change like that. It's it's funny. I think they what they went for because I, the song was fine with mm-hmm. Joe. The song was good with Joe. There's no no complaints about that. But I think they probably thought you know you hear it and then you you hear Trey songs mm-hmm. and and he has he has a sound and a voice that's easy to spot. Oh, absolutely. And I think they thought, oh snap, they got Trey songs singing this now. Okay. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, people were like, like the hell is this? <laughs> but here, here's my thing. And, and, and I'll say this, and I know I might get a little flack for this. And if you want, you can hit me up on Twitter, O underscore D underscore discourse. Tell that, me what that, you that's think. That's not your Twitter page. We, we said hit you up on Twitter page. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> you can email. You can, tw- you can tweet me here. At JLB <laughs> from <laughs> DVO. Well, either either way. All right, this is what I'm saying. I look at the theme song from Power the same way I look at Beyonce's version of Before I Let Go. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. I, I, I said it. I have no problem with Beyonce's version of Before I Let Go. I have no problem with Trey Song singing the theme song to Power. First of all, usually when I watch Power, I watch it with my wife, and my wife is to- completely my, – my wife gets annoyed. When we watch shows and sit through the opening credits, it's like, you know the song, Mm -hmm. you know how it goes. Mm -hmm. Why are we sitting through this? Like, that's the first thing. Like, we're watching the open. If you're watching Power or any show, opening scene comes up, like, I have the remote control in my, the remote control should be in my hand. If it's not my hand, my wife is giving me the side eye. Like, you know what you're about to do. You need to fast forward through the opening credits. So it's like, why why do you care? Let's see. Depends on the show. Mm -hmm. Like, I mentioned this show already, The Wire. Yep. When when I watched The Wire, I had a routine. Mm -hmm. I would have my glass ready. Yeah. I'd have my cigar ready. Oh, okay, yeah. To sit down on the, what was it, Sunday nights? Sunday night, yep. When The Wire would come on, Mm -hmm. I'd sit down. Be ready to nice and relax. My weekend's over. I'm not going out or anything. I'm home mm-hmm. chilling. Yeah. Just in a relaxed mode. Yeah. And then the credits come on. And then that very first shot, when mm-hmm. Stringer Bell lit his cigar, mm-hmm. I lit my cigar. Nice. Nice. And I'm ready to sit back, relax. And, so mm-hmm. depending on the show, the watching the opening credits can mm-hmm. be part of getting into yeah. the mood, setting the setting the, that scene, setting the stage for what's to come next. No. I guess now see, there's some mm-hmm. songs, some shows, some songs. It's like, yeah, let's get this over with. Mm-hmm. Right, so there's some shows that, yep. Fat, where's that fast forward? Fast button? forward, yep. Now I, I guess with me and the wire, and I, I, I get, I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Like for me, usually if there's a show that I watch, like I usually watch, I watch it with my wife. And I remember with the wire, that was the beginning of the whole on demand. You know, like phenomenon exactly and the way they do it now versus the way they used to do it with the wire you know when shows like that you know now because now we're talking about 15 years later now if you'll remember the wire used to come on sunday nights mm-hmm. the next episode would be on demand midnight that night 
So, so we're talking like Sunday night, mm-hmm. early Monday morning at midnight. Yeah, that's when the new wire would be on. So that's when we would watch. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, it's twelve oh one. We gonna sit down. We gonna okay. watch. You know, we gonna watch the wire. So, so for us, it's like, all right, you know. Kids now in bed. They they been sleep at this point because mm-hmm. we're we're talking midnight. So the kids been sleep. Let's sit down. Let's watch it. You know, yeah, let, the kids were still pretty young at the mm-hmm. wire oh, days. Yeah. Oh yeah, my my kids were young, and, it, and and but like that was our routine. But it was still you know look, fast forward through. The, like okay, mm-hmm. I want to hear it the first week. You know, let's hear what the version is. Yeah. Now that I've heard it, I have my opinion. All right, let's, all right, just let's get to the let's, show. Let's, let's get to the show. But I mean, but to me, in the end, like all right. I'm I'm a fan of power. It, 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 now, my wife right. got me hooked. My, my my wife got me hooked on power. Before before you go any further, uh-huh. we have to ask. Okay. So that we can be clear going forward. Okay. Team Ghost or Team Tommy? I'm Team Ghost. I'm Team Ghost, but I, I'm I'm telling you right now. Despite all the shady stuff he's done over the years. Yeah, he's done some shady stuff, but you know what? That whole show is shady. It's like it's not like, like Tommy. Like, Tommy may have been an emotional loose cannon knucklehead. Mm-hmm. He's never been shady. Uh, I don't, I don't when has Tommy been shady? I, I think Tommy in, in his dealings. In, in that, He's an emotional loose cannon and mm-hmm. a knucklehead. Mm-hmm. But as far as shady, no, you always know where Tommy stands. Uh, uh, okay. Ghost to be plotting three, four months behind your back. Do you think Tasha's shady? I had to look around the room to see who was in here. <laughs> She's a woman, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. All right. Look, I, I used to now, now those the. The hate mail can that can be directed towards me mm-hmm. at Jonesy mm-hmm. underscore LJR yep. on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one yeah. comes to me. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now I will say this. I used to my my wife got into power before me. My wife got me into power. Okay. Now that's that's probably payback because I got her into the wire. Mm-hmm. Like for me, when she married me, that's what she married into. She married into the wire. <laughs> and it was like that first summer of our marriage. That's what we did. It's like, okay, this is a show. My whole life is wrapped around this show. This show is set in neighborhoods that ain't far from here. You need to learn this show. And we spent the summer of 2006 binge watching, getting getting her caught up on the wire. Now, I used to, now, she was in the power. And at first, I wasn't messing with power. Mm-hmm. And I used to say this just to piss her off, not because I believed it, but I said it just to piss her off. I used to always say the Empire was better than Power. It's not. I understand it's not. Not even an argument I want to have. But I would just. It's, it's not better than Empire. Oh, oh, is not better. Than oh power. no, 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 no. Not not at all. I literally just said it to to press her buttons. <laughs> like, why are you watching that show? You know that show's not better than Empire. Oh, you know, Lucius is better than Ghost. So you know, and and, and look. I, I understand I'm being a jerk, but okay. you know that's at least you're honest. Yeah, about yeah, it. you know there, there's no way anybody watching the show would ever say otherwise. But so, so you like to push people's buttons, yeah, which makes sense that your team goes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I will say this: a little frustrated with my team. I'm, you know, and we're not going to give out any spoilers, but I, I'm gonna need some pushback from Ghost 
coming up in these next couple of shows. And we'll because, leave it at that. Yeah, because uh, I, I just I just need that. I need some push. I, I need Ghost because right now I just feel like he's going. He, he I don't like the way he's going out right now. And you know we're talking about all these shows, but this is what I need from you. Okay. I need a commitment from you right now. We're recording on the air. Okay. There will be proof of this. Okay. I need you to give me three episodes of Snowfall. Can you commit to three episodes of Snowfall? By See, by when? Please don't say like next show. No, <laughs> no. I I'll give you some time. Couple, is, is is the season going on now? Is the current season? The current season, there are two episodes left. Okay. There. Well, actually, by the time this airs, there's one episode left. Oh, okay. Um, because okay. we're recording this segment on the Wednesday night, talking, you know, little foot, little football, little TV, mm-hmm. having a little fun. Yeah. And there is an episode that airs tonight, and then. The finale, the season finale next week. Ten episode seasons, not a whole, not a whole lot to catch up on. Okay, but start with season one, and I I only ask for three episodes. Three episodes. If, you, right. if you're not if you're not sold after three episodes, walk okay. away. Okay. Um. I, I asked for three because I'll admit episode one, they're set up. Okay. Your built your character building in episode one. Okay. But by the time you get to episode three. Who's there, it? Is there anyone in Snowfall I would recognize? I don't think so. Okay. All right. The lead is a British actor actor named Damson Idris. Very okay. talented young okay. man. He's a great actor. Well, I know you, he's British. Or no, will, you will not will, know. You will, will not. Be, I didn't know he was British until I heard him doing an interview a couple days ago. Okay. So it's and not, I've been watching the show since like, season one. It's like Stringer. It's like Idris Elba. Yeah. Singing Stringer Bell. When you first hear in a, you know, you, you, you. Connect mm-hmm. Stringer Bell. That's what you. That's how you kind of got to know Idris Elba. Then you hear him talk in the interview. Like, Who the heck is this guy? Exactly. It's gonna be like that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. Snow. You know what? All right. Boom. I'm. I. I will give it a try. I can't tell you when, but and at some point in time. And for everyone else listening, do yourself a favor. Give yourself three episodes of Snowfall, mm-hmm. and if you're not hooked, it you'll be hooked. Okay. There is no if you're not. You'll be hooked. We'll, we'll be hooked. All right. Okay. I'm 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 with it. I'm with it. I will I will give this a try. I don't know when, but I will give it a try. You know who's not with it? Who? Melvin Gordon. <laughs> what are you talking about? I, I bet he's absolutely with it. You want to know why? Because he, he's got a lot of time he's off. He's got a lot of time <laughs> off because he's not in camp. I bet you he's watching all the shows. He's up on Power. He's up on Snowfall. He's probably back watching ATL. Um, not up on not up on the practice field. No, no, not there. He's home watching Hard Knocks. He's watching Sports Center. And I want to. I, I do want to talk about how far. How how soon is our next break? Do we have time to get into this? Oh, I mean, it's up to you, man. You know what? Here, here this is what we're gonna do. Let's take a quick break. Mm-hmm. And let's come right back. We'll, we'll jump right into Melvin Gordon. Let's do it. All right. We'll be right back on Offense, Defense, and Discourse. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to SoundCloud.com slash B-I-T-W Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmode Squad. The construction Tims are classic in Philly and New York. They are. Connecticut. 
James Lewis. Never been to Connecticut, man. Connecticut, Jersey, you're definitely from uptown, New York. You're definitely from New York if you shout it out, Connecticut. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. When you need to be caught up on all that's going on in the sports world, tune into the Best in the World Sports Report with all-knowing John Brown each and every Saturday morning, starting at 8 a.m. here on the Philly Go Flow. At Man, do I love card night. You ready, boys? You got a king? Go, fish that. Oh, come on. <laughs> this is WWE superstar Titus O'Neil. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, everybody, thanks for sticking with us. Before the break, we brought up Melvin Gordon. We've been talking disgruntled football players all show long with with some other things sprinkled in between. Mm -hmm. But we're back to football right now. Before the break, we brought up Melvin Gordon. Mm -hmm. But... Before we go directly to Melvin Gordon, mm-hmm. we're gonna let's pick up with the guy we talked about last week, Jadavian Clowney. Okay. Clowney, last week, he's he wanted out of Houston. Nope. He made it known there were two teams he wanted to go to, Seattle or Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And we were we were of the opinion that something would happen before week one. Yep. Something happened. He is now in Seattle. I, based on need and fit. I thought Philadelphia was a real possibility. Mm-hmm. And now after hearing the price tag, I'm surprised Philadelphia wasn't more off, more active. I guess the mm-hmm. long-term contract issues may have been a concern. But I think Seattle got a very good player who should do well in their scheme. Okay. Now they gave – what did they give up? I know they gave up a, a third-round third pick. pick. Yep. Barkevius Mingo mm-hmm. and – uh, Somebody Jacob, Jacob Martin. Jacob Martin. Yeah. That's who it was. Yeah. So a couple roster players, no superstars, and a third round pick. It's not an extremely high price tag for one of the better edge rushers in the league, mm-hmm. but you also know that you're going to have to work out something in the fifteen plus million a year range, or it's just a one year rental. Mm-hmm. So. All things concerned, the price tag was probably fair. What do you think this does for Seattle? I think we're, Seattle is in, this, in a spot where they have to move away. Well, they've already moved away, but they're moving away from the Legion of Boom. Those days are over. Yeah, the Legion of Boom, boom is gone. Legion of Boom is gone, but they can still be uh, – I still think that their identity – is going to be defense. Okay. I think this makes them tough defensively, especially on the line. I think when you talk, when you thought about the Legion of Boom in the past, you thought about those cornerbacks and those uh, safeties, those deep, Earl safe- Thomas, Cam Chancellor, mm-hmm. and, Richard uh, Sherman. Sir, yeah, you didn't you didn't necessarily think about the front seven 
although they had a formidable front seven mm-hmm. that Michael could make Bennett plays. There. Yeah, Michael um, Bennett and uh, Bobby Wagner yeah. as a linebacker. They I, had players. They had players, but you when you thought about the Legion of Boom, you thought about the that secondary, secondary first. Yeah. I think this that this this changes that identity. Now you you're, think about the front line, uh, mm-hmm. the front seven first. You're thinking about some. This secondary might not be as strong. It's, in fact, there's no might. This secondary isn't as strong as that old Legion of Boom team. However, this is going this is going to be a team that gets pressure. This is also going to be te- a team that's formidable against the run. I think. J- Jadavian Clowney playing the run is something that's understated. Under, absolutely. He's, under, he's, he's a very good run stuffer. He's a run stuffer. You know, he's somebody who's going, you know, especially when you're sitting, when you're a team that's going down the line and you're going to play a Zeke Elliott in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, you need somebody who can stop the run. You're talking about, you know, all right, yeah, they're, they're years off, but somebody, you know, you're looking down the line, you see, Zeke Elliott in your conference. You see Saquon Barkley in your conference. You know, you see how the Eagle, what the Eagles are doing Jordan Howard, with Jordan Miles Howard Sanders. and Miles Sanders. You need a run stopper mm-hmm. while you're waiting for your young defensive back core to kind of catch up. You've added a veteran presence to your front seven. I like that. And it also gives them a chance. You know, Russell Wilson will always do some special things with the ball. Absolutely. He doesn't necessarily have the name brand weapons that jump out at you, but when you have Russell Wilson lining up under center, you know he's there's gonna a find a way to get it done. Yes, he's going to find a way to get it done with whoever you have lining up with him. At no and, point have you looked at Russell Wilson's receivers and say, "Man, he's got one of the best receiving cores in the league." You're but like, you always see him. Like in, you they're know, adequate. But they're all you know. They're always they're either in the playoffs or in that conversation every year. So you got you put a Jadavian Clowney on that team. You get stronger defensively. You're going to give uh, Russell Wilson more chances to do more with the ball. That's what you want. Mm-hmm. That's what you want. I'm not necessarily going to say that this is the move that moves them up and down the ladder, but this makes them pretty strong. So you th- you ab- so you definitely think Seattle. This makes Seattle if they weren't already a playoff contender. Do you think it makes them a Super Bowl contender? No. Okay. This does. You're asking me, does this move this make move. them? No. I don't think that this move makes them a Super Bowl contender. D- did you have them as a Super Bowl contender before this move? No. So they're still not a Super Bowl contender to you? No. Okay. No, not a contender. But I think I think they're they're more, more dangerous, more interesting, more dangerous, more interesting, and they're in the con- they're going to be in the conversation for the playoffs at least. Okay. See. I think they're one of those teams where, all right, let's have this conversation again in December. And th- you know, th- I mean, there's there are going to be teams that you put in the Super Bowl conversation in August, in September, and then there are teams that you got to wait a little bit. Now, and see. I will say this as well: in their division, you've got the Rams, last year's Super Bowl runner-up, Todd Gurley. You just and, added a run stopper, and you've got the 49ers, who a lot of people are high on this year. Mm-hmm. Seattle kind of needed to make, yeah. So they, see, 49ers, I know you might not be the highest on them. They, when Garoppolo was playing, he looked good. Mm-hmm. They've done with John Lynch in the um, front office now. They've done a good job of bringing in what should be some nice young talent to go to go with them. I don't know how well it will gel this year with Garoppolo coming back from the major injury at the end of the season last year, mm-hmm. but. 
if he's healthy and able to play, I expect San Francisco to be dangerous. That's going to be an interesting division race with those three teams. And then, if nothing else, for something to talk about, the Arizona Cardinals with a rookie QB, the number one overall pick, is at least a story. That's going to be a very entertaining division this year. But we talked about Clowney getting what he wanted, getting moved. He had a couple teams he wanted, and he ended up on one of them. Yep. He he had leverage, though, because he had not signed his franchise, franchise tender. tender. Yep. So he's eating up cap room for Houston, but not available to play for them. And because he hasn't signed the tender, he can basically say, I wanna, I'm not going to sign it if you trade me there. And he has no value to a lot of teams except, at that point, basically Philly and Seattle. Mm. The other guy we want to talk about, Melvin Gordon holding out, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. Apparently, he's his agent's been given permission to talk about a trade. Apparently, they're at a point where, like, yeah, we're just not having any more discussions during the season. He's listed some teams that he's interested in going to. Philadelphia Eagles, again, being one of them. Being one of them. And actually, it was reported on Wednesday this week that the Philadelphia Eagles actually made an offer to the San Diego Chargers for Melvin Gordon. Now, the offer was nothing substantial. It was a running back swap of Jordan Howard and Melvin Gordon and a swap of middle-round picks, which, understandably, San Diego is going to say no to. But maybe Howie's just testing the waters and seeing how high he'll have to go if he wants them. Maybe something else will come out of this. Who knows? But what we do know is that it appears Melvin Gordon is done in San Diego. Anything could happen. The season could start. You could get to week three or four and say, yeah, I'm missing those game checks. I'm going to show up. But from everything I'm seeing this right now, Melvin Gordon actually actually seems to be willing to actually stick to his guns on this one. Mm-hmm. And just not play football this year. Do you think that's wise? You saw how the Le'Veon Bell situation ended. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people within the football community who feel like Le'Veon Bell cut off his nose to spite his face. He actually, if you if you think about it, probably lost money doing that. Mm-hmm. Because he sat out a whole year on a franchise tag. So he didn't make what twelve million that year, mm-hmm. and then he's shooting for highest running back money in the league and doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. So he got less than what he wanted, and lost a full year salary. Is that saying that worked out? For, and then he, no, I mean, but that's what I'm saying. That's that's the precedent and the, that has been set. And, the, but, and now Melvin, let's Dory. put that contract in the context too. The GM who at the beginning of this offseason signed Le'Veon's contract, got fired shortly thereafter, and the reports were a big part of it was beef with the coach because the coach didn't want to spend that much money on a running back. Mm -hmm. So we'll see what happens. But But, once again, that is the precedent that has been set. And now Melvin Gordon is a year later about to go down that same road again. Mm-hmm. And 
best case scenario for Melvin Gordon, it ends up where Le'Veon ended up. Mm-hmm. As, as good as Melvin Gordon is, he's not as good as Le'Veon Bell was when he began his holdout. Mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell, we, now people forget this because he hasn't been seen on the field in over a season, mm-hmm. but Le'Veon Bell in Pittsburgh when on the field was arguably the best running back in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Many people could would say that based on his not only his ability to take the handoff and run, but also you could r- line him up as a wide receiver, motion him out into the fl- mm-hmm. into the flat or out out wide and create matchup nightmares for a defense because he could go out there and play that wide receiver position mm-hmm. as well as many wide receivers in the league. So I don't know that Melvin Gordon has as much leverage as Le'Veon did. So best case scenario for him is to end up where Le'Veon is right now. I don't know that he's going to get Ty Gurley, Zeke Elliott type money. I don't know that he's even going to get Le'Veon Bell type of money. So do you think he's getting bad advice? That's, I guess, so let's take, like, we're taking a step back and we're looking at the situation for what it is. He's now, he's dug, he's, he's dug in. It's like, look, it's, it's over. It's not going to happen in San Diego. Sandy, uh, excuse me, Los Angeles. I've been saying San Diego as well. Mm-hmm. Forgive me, it's a habit. San Diego, <laughs> so you, San so Diego Chargers, mm-hmm. Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers are basically, they're dug in as well. They're like, you know, we got a season. We got a season to run. We're not, we're not talking about this anymore. Mm-hmm. We got 50. We now, our roster now stands at 53 guys who are ready to play football this season. We're not going to talk about the one guy who does not want to play for us. This isn't Zeke Elliott where it's like, yeah, you know what? He wants to come in. He wants, he to, wants to play for us. He's not, dem- Zeke didn't demand a trade. Mm-hmm. Zeke just wanted to get paid. Yeah. He was okay being in Dallas. Mm-hmm. He just wanted his money. So, Melvin Gordon apparently wants out. Yeah. So I don't I couldn't see myself man, Melvin Gordon's a very good running back. I'm not looking to reset the running back market for Melvin Gordon. And apparently he turned down something in the ten to eleven million range any already. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I want to go above that. So if he's not willing to take 10, 11 million, and I don't know that I really want to go that high, but if he's not willing to take that, I don't know what's going to end, what the situation's going to be for him. Good luck. <laughs> Pretty much. Good luck. I I don't know. I don't know. You know, I'm I I I hear the situation and it's, and it's not looking good. I felt like we talked about it with Zeke. Mm-hmm. And I came out there at very beginning, said, you know, I think Zeke's going to be it. But this is, this could last all season. And I'm not sure if that's the best thing for Zeke. And it's not the best thing for the Chargers. Now, see, with Zeke, Zeke, we've seen a four-game stretch where Ezekiel Elliott didn't play since he's been drafted. And that offense did not go. The Chargers offense is, as good as Melvin Gordon is, still go is based around Philip Rivers and his ability to sling it around the field. So 
from that standpoint alone, Ezekiel Elliott, who's led the league in rushing twice in his three years in the NFL so far, had a lot more leverage, in my opinion, than a Melvin Gordon did. So, again, we're talking about comparing situations, Le'Veon versus Melvin Gordon with the holdout, or Zeke versus Melvin Gordon with one, the type of money they get, they want, he wants to get paid. Mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon, he may be getting bad advice. He might. It, it's very possible that he's getting bad advice. I mean, you say, you say this, and I'm, I, I'm with you. I... As much as I love to, I love to disagree with you. <laughs> can't do it this time, man. I can't. I can't. You guys tell us what you think of this whole Melvin Gordon thing, especially if you're a Los Angeles Chargers fan. If you're a Chargers fan, where are you? Are you over Melvin Gordon? Or at this point, are you telling the Chargers, "Hey, man, make you know, make this work, get something for him"? Because you're sitting there and you know that the Chargers turned down a deal that could have landed them. A thousand yard rusher mm-hmm. in in uh in Howard Jordan Jordan Howard, Howard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. a thousand yard rusher career average I want to say better than five yards a carry he's mm-hmm. he's a talented runner yeah you could have got you could have gotten a player so at this point now you know whether or not you want to put uh, Jordan Howard in the same category as Melvin Gordon that's beside the point but the fact of the matter is on one's Sunday on, one on, of them's on the field yeah one of them's going to play on Sunday the other one's going to be watching him on the field mm-hmm. playing on Sunday who do you want you want the guy playing football or you want the guy watching football cuz at this point in week 1 Melvin Gordon's shaping up to have as many rushing yards as you or I I might outrush uh Melvin Gordon on Sunday <laughs> depends on you know who gives me the ball and where I'm rushing to <laughs> but I, 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 I might out, I might outrush your uh, Melvin Gordon. I, I don't know. But you tell us what you think. Hit us up on Twitter at o underscore d underscore discourse. This is offense, defense, discourse. I'm John Brown. That's that's Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. Hey man, real quick. Uh, I heard back in the day they didn't want you. Well, that was the rumor. That was the rumor that they didn't want me back in the day. But but I now, tried not to pay attention to any of that. You know, just do my thing. Yeah. Because you know now I'm hot. Well, what happened now? All on me, Wait, all of them? All of them. On Oh, earth. Okay, okay. All right, I know you want to talk some Olympic basketball. I don't want to. You don't want to? But I feel like I need to. Okay. Well, look, let's take a real quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk a little, we'll talk some international basketball. Mm-hmm. All right? Offense, defense, and discourse. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. When you went car shopping, you meant business. You ace vehicle history searches and test drives. Now you've got your wheels. If you manage that, you can get your retirement plan on track. Visiting aceyourretirement.org can help. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. James Lewis. There's so many people walking around with the Best Buy Polo. Then you have the Sprint people. Then you have the Geek Squad people. Then you have the Cox Cox Cable people. So there are 38 people 
Walking around at Best Buy doing absolutely nothing. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. Can we say No, we can't. We can't say that. We we, we cannot say that. Okay. Uh, We shouldn't say that. I'm I'm not saying that. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. When you need to be caught up on all that's going on in the sports world, Tune into the Best in the World Sports Report with all-knowing John Brown each and every Saturday morning starting at 8 a.m. here on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. People are always looking to invest in a good opportunity. So what if you could invest in the future of kids like a stock? Not the kind of stock that's about making money, but a stock for social change called Better Futures. With your investment, It helps students like me go to college. My name is Charles, and I'm your dividend. Invest in better futures with UNCF. Visit uncf.org slash invest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. Brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, y'all, we are back. Final segment. We had to save this topic for last. Yeah, yeah. Before we get into that, I I have a confession to make. What you got? As much as I like getting talking football with you, Mm -hmm. and I consider you a good source. For football conversation. Oh, thank you. You know when there are t- you know we we text each other mm-hmm. during the week. You know we also we 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 communicate through Twitter mostly and through text, and then we get together and we talk sports in front of two microphones and a laptop. But when I you know there are times when I have a take, there are times when I have an opinion, when I have a thought on something, and it's like I need I need to bounce this off somebody. Mm-hmm. I need someone to help shape my opinion. So I go to you. You are not the only person I go to, though. Of course not. I shouldn't there, be. You know, there, there, there's another source I, 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 I get football advice from. Not directly. I don't talk to this person directly, but they tweet a lot. And I, I watch them, and I li- they do videos Motion. or whatever. Hmm? Mosher, well, of friend course, of the show? Yeah, of course Mosher. Mosher's one of them. That's not who you're talking about? But no, that's not who I'm talking about, all right? Schefter? No, I don't talk to... Uh, you don't talk to Schefter? Well, you know, I, I go to him for news. I don't necessarily okay. go to him not for... Not for opinion. Yeah, not for opinion or, or anything like or that. Or analysis. Lou Riddick. Uh, no, no, well, you know, I like a good Lou guy. Riddick. I like Lou, Lou Riddick. Riddick is good. I, I, he brings good perspective. But no, that's not who it is. I'm, I'm out of guesses. I, I, all right. I, I, I go to one... Orenthal James Simpson. Let me tell you something, man. The juice. I go to the juice, and I'm not talking Lizzo. I'm I don't talk- think any of us are talking, talking Lizzo, Lizzo on this show. <laughs> but none. I, this is. I, I, I feel guilty admitting this because it's OJ. But here's the thing. Before. All of this happened before OJ became OJ. He was an NFL. He was an NFL great. He was an NFL great and an NFL analyst, mm-hmm. and he was a very smart football mind. He knows his stuff. He knows his football. Mm-hmm. 
we don't look what else he knows is just another conversation and just a, a, a long line of jokes that I've you know we're not even going we're not even going down that road. But this man is on Twitter. So let me ask you a question. Yeah. So when you sit down, open up a video, and get your football from OJ, uh-huh. how do you feel about yourself after? I feel dirty. I so, feel like an accomplice. <laughs> so OJ's like I, your dirty little secret. It's yes, like your yes. guilty pleasure. Yeah, it, it is a guilty pleasure because here's – I, I feel like OJ – OJ could possibly be at 50-cent level trolling. 50 Cent is probably one of the greatest internet trolls in the history of the internet. I know now I, I know you're 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 a Twitter guy, you're not on Facebook and you're not on uh Instagram. Mm-hmm. 50 Cent on Instagram is pure comedic gold. <laughs> and how he chooses to go after the people he does not like, the whole I need my money by Monday thing is just pure is is just is uh, I am familiar with those. Yes, it's it's hilarious. Uh, it's who, funny. I forget who was it recently, preemptively tweeted out. Fifty. I know uh, I was supposed to have your money, but give me a couple extra days. Exactly, because they didn't want that smoke. They, they knew went, Fifty was coming. Mm-hmm. And, and when people catch it, they catch it. I watched Fifty on Instagram. He he, he took Daryl Chill Mitchell's wheel off his wheelchair. <laughs> To, he had to do hold him up or on the video took the wheel and just walked away oh, and then getting bad wow and whatever but but nonetheless that's the, the thing about it is it's like oj is a troll what makes oj such a great troll is that he's not acting like he's trolling it's like okay you know if you were in a in in just like a a, a time warp and you didn't know what had happened over the last almost 30 years You'd be like, yo, this dude is so smart. He gets such great football advice. He knows his stuff. But on, but if you're not and you've been in the world, you'd be like, wait a minute. It's OJ. It's OJ. And, oh, and OJ's a murderer. You know. Well, alleged. He, uh, alleged murderer. He's an alleged He's murderer. He's an alleged murderer. Yes, we he, will he, not he was be acquitted. getting sued for libel you know, or you're, you're absolutely or anything right. else. You're, you're absolutely right. That <laughs> OJ... A lot of people believe OJ is a murderer. Mm. He's an alleged murderer, but he was acquitted. But nonetheless, it's OJ. And you're sitting there, and if you don't follow OJ on Twitter, I understand you might feel guilty. You might be listening to this show. You'd be like, man, I'm not trying to follow OJ. But look, man, OJ will, have, OJ will give you the advice you need on your fantasy football you know, he's the, giving out the fantasy football advice. He's breaking down football yeah. stories. You shouldn't feel too bad, though, JV. You shouldn't feel too bad. I, 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 I feel bad. I have a couple dirty secrets of my own. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm going to share them both with you. Okay, what's up? One, I follow OJ on Twitter, too. Dang, my man. I follow OJ. And you know, so you know, you know where I am <laughs> I know with this. Exactly where you're, you're, at. you're sitting there and you're watching this and you're listening to him and you're like, the man knows his stuff. He knows his stuff. It's like, look, he's good not, information. It's not like it's not like it, it would be easy if OJ was out there giving out information and knowledge on football. You're like, yo, OJ's full of crap. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Get out of here. If OJ was your crazy Uncle Leroy, yeah. sitting on the sitting on the porch with a pint of mm-hmm. cheap vodka. <laughs> Talking about mm. trading Carson Wentz. Yeah, 
I think for a third round pick two years from now, I was like, yeah, that's no, that's not gonna work. If you really want to make a splash in your fantasy football, I think you should draft uh, that Nate Sudfeld guy. Yeah, you know, then you're just like OJ's not doing that. He's like, no, he gives he gives you good advice. advice. But it's but it's OJ. Yeah, that's that's there. You go. Then Then I have one more dark little secret right now. Okay. I'm watching Team USA basketball. Okay. Now, I know on the surface that doesn't sound like a dark little secret, mm-hmm. but I I want them to win. Yeah. But there's part of me that's just kind of waiting for them to lose mm-hmm. so I can look at people and say, I told you so. Well, the, they almost lost to Turkey yeah, t- this turkey week. Turkey choked. Turkey had two opportunities to beat them. Mm-hmm. They were up two points. At the end of regulation, Tatum hits two of three free throws to send it into overtime. And then they get a bucket by Ilyasova with, what, a couple seconds left, 10 seconds left in in overtime Mm -hmm. to take a one-point lead before eventually giving up the win with a couple seconds left. Mm -hmm. So to end a one-point win in overtime against Turkey in the second round. Mm -hmm. This USA team is in trouble. There is a style of basketball that you know I'm a fan of. Ball movement, away from the ball player movement, intense defense, and unselfish play. That style of play is even more necessary in international basketball. Mm -hmm. International basketball does not favor teams, no matter how talented, who like to attack, whether attacking the rim or looking for their jump shots off the dribble. Mm -hmm. The NBA with its rules and lack of physical contact allows for guys to operate off the dribble. That's not going to work in international ball. You can really get up and body guys on the perimeter. Mm -hmm. And if I could get up and bump you and, and then other little stuff like, oh, that jump shot's not pure, and it touched the rim, I'm taking it. Mm-hmm. So you consider all these f- international ball, you want pure jump shooters, guys who move off the ball, guys who can play off the screens, attack the rim off the catch, mm-hmm. and do it instinctively. Because the guys you're going up against, that's what they've been training to do for years mm-hmm. in a basketball tournament that favors that style of play. The beauty of Dream Team 1, Dream Team 2, the quote-unquote redeemed team in 2008, mm-hmm. or even the team in 2012, the way those teams were built, yeah, you had all the individual talent that situationally could put the ball on the floor and embarrass you. You had guys who could catch and shoot, catch and finish, instinctive on knowing the feel and timing, rhythm of the game, knowing when to find the next passer, knowing when to make that cut. Mm -hmm. This team is not that. Kimball Walker is, for all his talents, a off-the-dribble shoot first point guard. Not the ideal thing for international ball. Mm Mm-hmm. Jason Tatum, he's an ISO player. 
not ideal for international ball. We could go through the roster and find multiple. We could say this about almost everyone on the roster. Mm-hmm. They're good, but I don't know how well they play international ball. Mm-hmm. I don't know how well their skill set fits for international ball. And I know there are a lot of people who like to think, oh, well, America's the best. We could throw anybody in the NBA out there. Mm-hmm. That is not how basketball works. I don't think anyone has thought that in years, though. You, you, do you think people still think that now? Yeah, people still think that now. I, 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 to me, I, I feel like that. That's what people thought that ninety two, ninety six. No, excuse me. Yeah, ninety two. People 96, thought maybe people 2000. thought that in two thousand four when we lost. People thought that then. Mm-hmm. That's why it was so shocking that they lost. Mm-hmm. And then they blamed everybody but the players. No, people still don't blame the players. I think they do. No, they don't. I, I, no, I, I think. Look, I you, think, d- you know, people people blame Larry Brown. Say, oh yeah, the Carmelo and that, and LeBron and didn't play him and mm-hmm. that team. LeBron oh. James at that point in his career was a, he was what, he was a below average jump shooter. Mm-hmm. Carmelo Anthony, as great as he's, he's been in international ball in his career, mm-hmm. was not ready for that yet. No. Allen no. Iverson, similar to Kimball Walker. Very talent, more talented than Kemba, but the mm-hmm. style of play yeah. not best suited for I, international well, ball. What, where I disagree with you is, I feel like there were people who who I, I do think players. I, I don't think Tim Duncan took a lot of uh, slack on that team, and he but shouldn't I, have. But I think Allen Iverson, Stephon Marbury, I think they took a lot of Paul Pierce. I think those guys took a lot of blame. I think there were a lot of people, and I think that's something we talked about it last week. Whereas, like, I understand the observation of their game and whether their game is meant for international play. Mm-hmm. But in the end, these were the guys who wanted to play. Were there were there players in the game who had who had games right. that are better suited for Let international me ask you a question, play? Yeah, what's up? You have a day job, right? Yeah. It's a decent job. It's a job. There are a lot of people who would want your job. Yeah. That doesn't mean they all get to get it. Just because they want it, they'd be willing to do it. True. Just because someone's willing to do the job mm-hmm. doesn't mean you give it to them. No. Well, I think, honestly, just so, because, but, so the, but also, but but it's also when it's like, if you have somebody, if there's a better option. But that that's kind of my point. Mm-hmm. There are, in my opinion, there were not necessarily bigger names or star talent, okay, but guys whose style of play would fit international ball better. Okay, so he, this is this is what I, this is what I want you to do. I'm gonna give you some homework, mm-hmm. and we're gonna. I want I want to continue this conversation next week. Oh, absolutely. Well, okay, I'm gonna put a roster together. Okay, for that's you. what I that's what I want you. To, I want you to take all, exclu- all the guys, all, all the guys who. Chose not to play, mm-hmm. not included. Okay, this is what we're go- and I'm gonna put a roster together okay, for you that I think would have done better than this one. Okay, De- definitely, we will definitely do that. That's that's what we're gonna do next week. All mm-hmm. right, and if you have a thought, you have an idea on somebody who you think would be make a better player for this uh for this uh 2019 team, and and there are players on this team who may make my roster. Okay. There, there are a couple of them. Okay. Off the top of my head, I'll name one for you right now, Chris Middleton. He'll probably still make the roster. Okay. 
works for me, then that's what we're going to do. We're, we're going to continue this conversation next week. Let's do it. All right. Well, look, man, tell us what you think of this show. Hit us up on Twitter, O underscore D underscore discourse, or at B-I-T-W sports, or at JLB from DVM, <laughs> or at Jonesy underscore LJR. Look, we got a bunch of, look, we're we everywhere. We're, we're everywhere. Just talk. You reach out to us, we'll answer. It's not like we got anything better to do. We, we sit and we talk sports. We're two friends talking about sports. Uh, it works for me. Hey, man. Look, Hope it works for them, too. Hey, let's get out of here. We got football to watch this weekend. Real football. We got college football on Saturday, and then we got real uh, pro football on Sunday. You enjoying? You, you ready for this? Are, oh, yeah. At, at the risk of sounding cliche, Mike Jones, are you ready for some football? <laughs> I believe I am. All right. When we come back next week, we're going we, to we we actually have regular season NFL games to recap. Mm. And then we also have regular season NFL games to preview. So we're going to have a lot of fun. Oh, the shows are going to write themselves the next couple of months. Oh, this yeah. is going to be fun. nothing but fun for us. Oh, yeah. A lot of offense, a lot of defense, and a lot of discourse. All right, you guys, you have a great weekend. Enjoy all the sports. And we'll be back next week, y'all. Peace. Falcons are frauds. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. The proceeding was a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are strictly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio.